electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. Disney churning out a new drama. Yikes, it's behind the scenes. The Bob to Bob Iger to Chapek CEO transition. Joe Kernan, Mike Santoli, and Kelly Evans on the falling out. After he had already stayed, you know, three times, Iger said he was going to leave and then stayed on. And the long arc of media companies. The world didn't start in 1999. Ukraine refuses to surrender a key port city to Russia. Weighing the West's options ahead of an international summit this week, former U.S. ambassador to NATO, Evo Dalder. I don't think that NATO expected or the U.S. expected that even the sanctions that have been imposed, which, as you know, are very, very significant and really are hurting the Russian economy, that that is going to be enough. And a crash of a 737 in China could raise questions for Boeing three years after two deadly incidents. Initially, you would say we know nothing. It could be pilot air, it could be weather, it could be so many different things. All of things. which is still true, right? because of the backdrop. Those stories today, plus the madness of March and Warren Buffett's shopping spree. It's Monday, March 21st, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Kelly Evans, along with Joe Kernan and Mike Santoli this morning. Becky and Andrew are off today. And the news uh, that that hit us earlier, uh, China's Aviation Authority confirming uh, reports that a passenger plane with 132 people on board crashed today in a mountainous area in southern China. The plane was a Boeing 737 operated by China Eastern Airlines and Local officials said that flames and smoke could be seen rising from a hillside where it crashed. Rescuers have been dispatched to the site and will bring you more uh, information as we get it, but that's what we're seeing uh, so far. We're CNBC, we're gonna show you the the, the stock of Boeing. Um, Although, uh, obviously, we're uh, much more concerned with, uh, it's, it's, you know, it just happened. Uh, but, it, 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 you know, as so often happens with things that we cover here, it affects um, things in the stock market. And Boeing is a Dow component, and we've got the Dow down more than 100 points after what was a, a better week last week for, for the averages. A whole lot better. Uh, Dow was up uh, 1,800 points last week. Wow. So, um, you know, over 5%, S&P up 250, uh, so 6%. And, you know, four straight 1% gains in the S&P. So kind of a rare... Uh, kind of sprint higher off the lows, and that's, uh, I think, making some people wonder if it's strong enough compared to some other rallies off lows that uh, it actually means something as opposed to just a bounce. Still, the 7% drop in Boeing is a big move. And it's hard, yep. it, it's hard to talk about it in terms of what, what we're going to do right now, but we're going to forge ahead. In the past, if there weren't those two previous crashes that had to do with Boeing's, uh, whatever you want, however you want to characterize the, the corporate behavior, Initially, you would say we know nothing, and it could be pilot air, it could be weather, it could be so many different things. All of things. which is still true, but right? Because and it of still the could be. But the knee-jerk reaction Absolutely. on this is going to be Boeing in the past. It was the software, or it was whatever. So I think that 
you you do this first and and ask questions later yeah. or get get answers later. But it, it, I don't think this. If the previous two incidents hadn't happened, I don't think you would see this. Probably not. No. Yeah. Uh, but also to the point where uh, Boeing, it's all about forward order book, and it's not very secure the way it used to be. People were very confident about it. And um, so it just seems if you've been always trading this stock based on the last headline as opposed to some current free cash flow, we know what's going on. It's and there was the, the rumor that it, it hasn't been confirmed yet, or there was the sourced report from Reuters last week that Delta, which hasn't ordered right. a Boeing in 10 years, was on the cusp, or at least in discussions about possibly ordering some 737 Max. I don't know whether this would affect that, but um, yeah. That's the story. I said it was a special day. So, but look at you. So we'll see you again. What it, it'll be like? Three, I four, thought maybe after the spring the day, equinox. Or... Three, four years <laughs> after today, you might be back. Yeah. Something like that. Usually, we there's a little bit of a pause between. Uh, it's early. Uh, but, I understand. You know, these are still. We're not. We're not out of this thing yet. You know, there's. I don't the, want to imply too much the about. Other thing. Yeah, yeah. No, the pandemic. Yes. And so there's. We, you know. I'm. I'm. Half full here. What do you mean? I'm saying we're out of it. I'm, I'm well, pretending. It was looking a little better a couple weeks ago than it is now. You know, in, in but my the BA2 variant is that we've heard from Gottlieb that it's going to get endemic. It's going to be yes. something that comes around. When do we make that full shift to where we don't? And we've I also got some therapeutics. The we've also got therapeutics for it. Let's so see it, if this it's is a the much tell. less virulent strain, even maybe less than Omicron. But the, you know how we'll know? This is obviously spreading. Because now, all the, every time I turn around, now someone has COVID again. That was not true a month ago. It's obviously spreading, but so far nothing's changed. But, nothing's changed right. in turn. Every every mandate that I've been around has is still off instead but, of coming back same on. With, uh, around the the world too, South Korea as well. But but they're it, much worse over there because they didn't have the vaccines the natural yeah. and natural. But but this is if you had Omicron, I don't think you get BA two. That's what I'm saying because yeah. we had it so bad here. Right. So. But we had it, but the Omicron was not bad. Well, fortunately, if you had it. not for most people, yeah. Yeah, if you had three. I think that's what I had. It wasn't, that's you know. what I had, and yeah, it was boosted not. up, yeah. 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 I, knew, I knew you meant that it wasn't a special day because I was here, even though I'm usually not here. <laughs> you, the I, only reason I said that It was clear to everybody. Because, no, because I was You're still basking in the glow of Friday <laughs> of course. when you oh, were right. here. That's true. Were you not Magic Mike? That's when I started I calling him Magic Mike. Because <laughs> no. we had, oh, yeah, yes. It's so perfect. It's one of those ironic <laughs> headlines. <laughs> because there were three of us. It was, it was Sully and him, and <laughs> I had an immediate thought of Chippendales. I did. And, 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 but you? he still wore his shirt today, which I wish, and, and not a bow tie. But as I said, like, it's an ironic headline, like <laughs> calling the short guy Stretch or something like yeah, that. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's get to Warren Buffett. He's, uh, his buying spree continues this morning. The company is buying insurance conglomerate Allegheny for $848.02 per share. The deal valued at $11.6 billion in total. Over the past few weeks, Berkshire has been snapping up shares of Occidental Petroleum, buying 136 million shares in just 13 days. And, and the slight uh, kind of cute aspect of this, Kelly, is Allegheny was often one of those companies considered the next Berkshire. It's, it's got some Berkshire alums in the senior management. It's an insurance conglomerate with other businesses. Uh, and uh, actually, along with Mer uh, Markel and, and Fairfax are always in there. So he's just buying it. And hopefully we'll have more time to get into this this morning. But Berkshire has been actually one of my favorite stories been a great over the past couple of months. We're living, this is a repeat of the late 90s when Buffett was kind of trash. You know, 
know, get the dot com thing. And he exactly. gave that famous speech where he said, no, we're you know, sticking to our guns. And it didn't get quite that bad. But the amount of attention that Ark K, for instance, got at the expense of Berkshire and all oh, there and these old businesses and they can't yeah. keep up with the times and their stock. Now he's back to being what the it's like the fifth biggest company again. And he's right. You know, the stock's well, had, back had up. Had he that, not given away all that stock, he'd probably be up there. That's in a terms great of the point. Man. Yeah. yeah. But he's he's climbing back up as a lot of the big tech stuff yeah. has, it's, has corrected. It's it's value, quality, balance sheet. The oxy the trade now. Icon's like, oh, I'm out. And then it goes up. <laughs> that doesn't look good for Berkshire, by the way. I mean, the the timing from their involvement in what was it, 2019? They Berkshire got involved. Right, it was the opposite. You know what I'm saying? And, right. and so Icon came in when that thing was hammered. He made triple his money. Right, in like but, he sold, years, it, but he, and sold, then he it, sold it. But he sold it, and then they got in. It, yeah, they got in, and then went up another 30 percent well, or something. Yeah. Why, he made a billion instead of three percent. It's not 400 percent or 300 percent. Right, or whatever. but uh, whether Oxy. Given what we've seen for the last six weeks, once this all started, yeah. um, we'll see whether Oxy becomes a lot more valuable, like all the totally the old energy companies that aren't well, in. The, you know, it's already kind of happened. Yeah. An update on the COVID outbreak in China. The Shanghai Disney Resort announced yesterday it would temporarily close until further notice. Starting today, China is fighting its biggest wave of locally transmitted COVID cases since it contained the initial outbreak centered on Wuhan in 2020. Yesterday, mainland China reported 1,600 new cases. Shanghai has shut its schools and launched a citywide testing program. And Disney is trying to tamp down employee unrest over its refusal to publicly oppose a Florida bill barring some schools from discussing gender issues with young children. In that effort, uh, the company will host a company-wide uh, town hall today focused on gender issues, a platform Disney has previously used uh, to discuss black representation, violence against Asian Americans, and any anti-Semitism. Today's town hall comes after CEO Bob Chapek told employees in an email last week that, uh, that uh, Disney was not sorry, uh, or was sorry for not being a stronger ally in the fight for equal rights, adding the company is increasing its advocacy, its support for adv advocacy groups to combat similar legislation to the what's been termed the don't say gay bill in other states. It's also pausing all political donations uh, in the state of Florida. And there's also, I don't know, did you see the pieces about that's Iger, what I, yeah. Iger and Chapek. Alex Sherman, CNBC.com, yeah. you know, going back to basically when Iger said early in the pandemic in an email that he was going to stick around and make sure that, you know, he helped out and, and Chapek didn't appreciate that. A month before that, he had said finally he was about to hand over. Yeah. Right. After he had already stayed, you know, three times, Iger had, you know, said he was going to leave and then stayed on. And so what do you make of the timing? So the publication of their spat, Joe, what do you read into that? Uh, could it mean that Iger's coming back now? Boy, I, I, I don't I, I look at Disney in, in, in a multifaceted way. I, I mean, I look at China. I look at there, there's been times that plus they're they're pretty sharp competitor to Comcast. We've got a lot of uh, yep. his history, if you will. I think didn't Comcast actually try to, I'm a homer, I like Comcast. Uh, I, I, I mean, if, if, you, if you don't have butterbeer at your theme park in Orlando, I mean, why even, why even go over there? You know what I mean? By the way, before we go. Do they have a go, Harry Potter exhibit at, at Disney World? I, I'm not, I, I don't know. 
No, I can of tell you that they, they don't, don't have a Harry Potter no, I can tell you that, real, I, real that they quickly, don't. Though. I've been I've been at both. I don't I don't need to see that. I don't need to get that sound in my head again. That it's a it's a strange world after all. It's what is it? It's and a brave it's world. A world. Oh, it's a small world. You think Disney was Iger? I you you cannot diminish what he did there. I'm just telling you that it was Eisner. That's fine. It can be both. No, but you. Can it be Eisner, Iger, was, and Chapek? It was like a, a, a yeah, single billion-dollar company, and they were the buying. That was the 80s story. They were the buying Gibson Green. You, you ever heard of a, a real estate company called Arvida? They were involved at that. They had Roy Disney had no idea what he was doing. They had this other guy, Michael Eisner, came in, and this thing. I understand. But 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 when did Eisner it stop just doing rode that? On what year did it stop doing? Eisner that? rode on Eisner's <laughs> coattails. I'm telling. He did. But what about the acquisitions? Because I remember. What about the acquisitions? Both of you thought that, that, that Barry Bonds and Ken Griffey Jr. No, 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 no. were the first in their families oh, wait, to don't, play. Don't bring Michael into my. Bobby uh, Bonds, Ken Griffey, you people. <laughs> the world didn't start in 1999. Mike it is didn't. a baseball expert and a, just a general okay, it might be expert. You. It you, might be you. It's just I am me. closer to your did you know we landed on? Did yeah. you know we landed on the moon? That's you don't believe that. I watched that. Oh, <laughs> all right. Extremely awkward. That's the headline of Alex Sherman's piece on the Bob Chapek, Bob Iger state of things and how the rift could impact the future of Disney. You can find that story on CNBC.com. And coming up next on Squawk Pod, what to expect at this week's NATO summit on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The former U.S. ambassador to NATO, Evo Dalder, has a grim message. We have to start talking about what happens if Putin escalates further, what happens if he uses chemical or biological agents. They bombed an ammonia plant just overnight, releasing a cloud of poison gas. We'll be right back. Pandora makes it easy for you to find your favorite music. Discover new artists and genres by selecting any song or album and we'll make you a personalized station for free. Download on the Apple App Store or Google Play and enjoy the soundtrack to your life. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC, and today our Joe Kernan is joined by Michael Santoli and Kelly Evans. Here's Kelly. Let's get an update on the war in Ukraine. Russia's assault has forced more than 10 million people to abandon their homes. That's according to the United Nations. And meantime, in Mariupol, the Russian defense ministry has said it would halt its attack last night to allow the evacuation of civilians via a humanitarian corridor. It all comes after Russian munitions hit an art school where Ukrainian officials say about 400 residents were hiding. The number of casualties still unknown. Russian military officials have demanded the surrender of Mariupol by this morning, but Ukraine has refused. President Biden will hold a call with leaders of France, the UK, Germany, and Italy today. He plans to travel to Europe later this week to meet with world leaders face-to-face -face and to participate in a NATO summit on Thursday. Joining us now with what we can expect, former U.S. Ambassador uh, to NATO, Evo Dalder. He is the president of the Chicago Council on Global uh, Affairs. Uh, Evo, great to have you 
with us today. Uh, set the scene for us in terms of what the president's uh, objectives are here. We know there's going to be preliminary call uh, in preparation. And uh, what do you think maybe, uh, you know, kind of on the agenda in terms of uh, specifically the next steps uh, in, the, uh, in the treatment of, uh, of this invasion? Uh, well, thanks for having me. I think the most important thing that uh, he is going to try to do is to continue to maintain the unity of uh, the European and transatlantic alliance, uh, working closely with NATO in order to shore up uh, NATO uh, defenses to make sure that Putin realized that whatever is happening in Ukraine, it cannot and should not and must not uh, spread any further. He's going to talk to the European allies and the G7 about strengthening sanctions. Uh, we've been retching these up for the last four weeks as this war has progressed. I think that is going to continue. And my sense is they're going to have a debate about whether uh, NATO should be prepared to think about doing anything more. The polls have suggested a possible peacekeeping mission in, in Ukraine. Ukraine, the United States have, has so far rejected that. But we have to start talking about what happens if, uh, if Putin uh, escalates further, what happens if he uses chemical or, or biological agents. They bombed an ammonia plant just overnight, uh, releasing a, 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 a cloud of poison gas. Uh, he may even decide to use nuclear weapons. So I would expect him to also sit down and say, what are we going to do to make sure that Putin doesn't escalate any further? And how can we get the, uh, the, the alliance to work together to end this war as quickly as possible? You mentioned the possibility of, of gaining support for more sanctions. I mean, it's, what, three weeks in? Did we expect, do you think, did the administration, did NATO expect that uh, after three weeks the sanctions would have uh, necessarily altered behavior more than they have? I'm wondering if there has to be some kind of, you know, transparent thresholds uh, for the next round of sanctions or, or for that matter, laying out the, the conditions under which they might be eased. No, I don't think that NATO expected or the U.S. expected that even the sanctions that have been imposed, which, as you know, are very, very significant and really uh, hurting the Russian economy, that that is going to be enough uh, in order to um, uh, uh, to get the uh, the war to end. Um, but it, we, we do have to see the, the pressure to continue to, to uh, increase. Uh, there is more that we can do on sanctions, particularly on oil and gas, which is, of course, the mainstay of the Russian economy. And then it has to be, as you say, I think it has to be clear that there are certain things that Putin needs to do before those sanctions get uh, uh, get turned down again or at least uh, uh, relaxed in, in, in some way. At the very least, until and unless Putin withdraws all Russian forces from Ukraine, I don't think that anything is going to happen in terms of lesser sanctions rather than trying to figure out ways to increase the pain uh, on Russia even more. You mentioned that you know, polls seem to support some more active direct role uh, in Ukraine, whether peacekeeping or, or, or something else. Should those things be dictated by, you know, by public opinion at this point? I mean, you, you talk about how uh, the Biden administration has been relatively disciplined in terms of lines beyond which they won't go. Is there any disagreement within the alliance about, you know, what level of involvement we should be having from here? Well, there's some disagreement, of course. I mean, the Poles live in a very different world than the United States. We're an ocean away from this conflict. The Poles are right on the border. Uh, they have already received over two million 
refugees into their country. There's a direct, real economic and humanitarian impact. Uh, missiles have been uh, exploding within miles of their territory. So they're going to be pushing uh, to try to figure out ways to end this war sooner rather than later. Uh, Biden and I think the rest of NATO, including the Poles, realize that the one thing they don't want is a direct military confrontation with Russia. And as a result, are trying to modulate how can we do as much as we can to support uh, not only the people in Ukraine, but the Ukrainian war effort against Russia without necessarily getting uh, the United States and NATO dragged into this war. It's a very tough balancing act because it changes depending on what the Russians are doing. When you see the kind of mass bombardment they have been uh, inflicting on a place like Mariupol or worse, if we're starting to see uh, a further escalation of weapons of mass destruction or, or uh, even nuclear weapons, then uh, the calculation changes of what the risks are and perhaps uh, the need for action. Given that uh, President Zelensky has already said, you know, any future moment when the Ukraine might have been headed to, into NATO is, is now essentially moot, um, is there any self-reflection, do you think, among NATO members at this point about the uh, future expansion and whether, in fact, that uh, it was somewhat counterproductive to put these countries on that path? Or is there's no time for that in a crisis? I don't think there's any time for that in a crisis. And my sense is that the Baltic countries, uh, uh, the, the Romanians, uh, the Poles are extremely happy to be part of NATO. And in fact, the Ukrainians are very clear that uh, had they been part of NATO, this wouldn't have happened. What Zelensky is, is trying to say, listen, this issue of NATO and neutrality uh, shouldn't stand in the way of, of whether there is a, a diplomatic uh, solution or not. The key here is reestablishing the full territorial integrity and sovereignty and independence of Ukraine. And as far as we know, Russia has no interest uh, to do this, uh, to do anything of the kind uh, diplomatically. That's the problem. The problem is Russia has invaded a neighboring country that uh, did not pose a threat in an unprovoked manner. And we see the results. Uh, we do. Uh, Evo, thank you very much. Appreciate it. I'm looking at a CNBC report. So this was... Uh, 2019, Disney was 123, and Iger, it had been there, I guess, 15 years, but the 10-year return was 370%, okay, the 10-year For return. Iger? For Iger. Eisner was 1,900%. Joe, Michael. when Iger took over, the stock was down from seven years before. It, it was peaked I, in 98. I know it was the last, but I'm talking about from when he took, 1,900% versus Oh, so you mean there was a Disney CEO that didn't know when to leave? <laughs> Is that what we're saying? He did have trouble Shocker. picking, he had trouble picking a successor. Yes. But look, he tried Michael Ovitz. He <laughs> was, as you mentioned, he made the company subject he to hostile takeover interest. No, yeah, but if you go, Disney was a, a has-been. Totally. They were buying Gibson Greeting right. I'm a Cincinnati no, native. They were, they were doing stuff that made no... And then it came 1,900%. Sure. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I think Pixar overpaid uh, some of the Star Wars stuff over, it, it, that grew into the valuations, and it looks smart now, but... Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, all bets are off on this year's NCAA tournament. Who's upset at the upsets? Who couldn't care less? Why the cult of March Madness could be shrinking and what some peacocks might do to change that. We've got CNBC sports reporter Jabari Young. We haven't seen a lot of interest in the NCAA tourney over the last few years. It's been dropping. But when you got a Cinderella story like this, it's always good for ratings. Finding the music you love shouldn't be hard. That's why Pandora makes it easy to explore all your favorites and discover new artists and genres you'll love. Enjoy a personalized listening experience simply by selecting any song or album, 
and we'll make a station crafted just for you. Best of all, you can listen for free. Download Pandora on the Apple App Store or Google Play and start hearing the soundtrack to your life. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Up track, stand Joe Biden. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Here's Joe Kernan. The upsets continuing over the weekend in the men's NCAA tournament. Join us now for a bracket recap. Jabari Young, sports business reporter for CNBC.com. Why do we still call them upsets, Jabari? I mean, can you imagine a year where we weren't just saying this is nuts? It's madness. I guess that's why it's meant. But I I even think, no, they're probably, it's about even, it's about average for the the, the surprises we've seen this year. There's There's the great Cinderella there's the big, powerful teams that have, uh, that have fallen by the wayside. Uh, not, sort of not that different than previous years. Yeah, it's not that different. You know, I, at, at the Philadelphia Sixers and Dallas Mavericks game on Friday night, and I asked Jason Kidd after his press conference, and I said, hey, man, who do you have in the NCAA tournament? He says, man, listen, it's all about who's hot at the right time, and you got to give it to St. Peter's. They're getting hot at the right time. You know, Joe, I heard you mention that NBC should sponsor them. I was thinking the same thing. You took the words right out of my mouth. But listen, of all this, all the seeds left, Houston is a good pick to, to continue to go far. I like Michigan. I'm rooting for Duke because, you know, you want to see Mike Krzyzewski leave on a good note. And that team couldn't even get him an ACC championship at his last home game. So, you know, I think Duke has a, a very good shot. But listen, do not count out St. Peter's. This team, they have nothing to lose. They're playing like it. And remember, the last time that this team had a big upset, you know, prior to beating Kentucky was in 1968 when they beat Duke in the NIT. So, you know, this team has a lot of swag. And they're going right down to Philadelphia to, to, to play Purdue. So, you know, they're going to have a good home crowd. So, listen, keep your eye on that. Only about 100 bets was placed on St. Peter's before the tourney. So, you know, Joe, if you can get in right now and, 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 and get some of that money, if, you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're smart, because you can't pick against St. Peter's right now, that this team is playing really well. No way. Hey, Shaheen Holloway's going to Seton Hall. There's just no way that's not happening, don't you think, the coach? <laughs> you know, I, I hope not. You know, uh, listen, you know, when you see a small college like this and, and you see them playing so well, he might already be uh, done. And you He's see got... him living up to the. Ex- Say that again. That's where he went. That's his. There's his old. There's an AD over there that hired him at St. Peter's, and maybe he won't go. But I mean, if he goes all the way now, no, maybe... you, not now, not now. This team is playing well. They're no, on I the map now. I, I think it's you know, to leave right now, now. I think that'd be good for that school. I like no. him to stay there. Stay there. Okay. Don't, don't leave right. just yet. I know. Well, look what happened to uh, to my friend Chris Mack, um, who left the. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, let's talk. We got. I guess we got to get this back to business. But it is amazing. With and Purdue, I think the Big Ten. The, what do we call them? The Big Ten. They're always overrated. It seems like to me. Ohio State wasn't as good as it thought. <laughs> Illinois is never as good as it thought. Purdue. Purdue seems good though, don't they? But but they got a chance probably. St. Peter. Again, it's about who's hot and who's not. If they come out and miss shots and they don't play well, this St. Peter's team is going to take them to task. Remember, give me the underdog. I love the underdogs because the underdogs, they have nothing to lose when they step out on that court. They're already predicted to lose. Everybody's already picking against them. So Purdue has to play well. All the pressure's on Purdue. Obviously, you know, everybody's going to pick them because they're the top team. And you, you would think 
that they would win this game, and I definitely think they'll win. But again, I'm rooting for St. Peter's. I would love to see the Cinderella story. It's good for ratings. It's good for the tournament. And it's good for the NCAA, who you know haven't we haven't seen a lot of interest in the NCAA tourney over the last few years. It's been dropping. But when you got a Cinderella story like this, it's always good for ratings. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about because it, it, is it that there's just more people streaming? I thought the betting dynamic was going to boost ratings. I thought they were going to be all-time high. And maybe when you add it all up with streaming and and and. Uh, you know, legacy media, all that, maybe it will be above. Has there been a declining interest? Why? Well, you know, if you look at the polling, you know, American Gaming Association comes out and, you know, they say about, you know, 40, 45 Americans would, would bet on the tourney and bet about $3.1 billion. That's down from 2019 when they projected $47 million. And, you know, I asked that question throughout the weekend, like, why is the tournament, why is the interest down? And one of the interesting comments that I had was because a lot of people don't know of the players because they have a lot of one and dones. You're not allowed to grow. You know, in college football, you see these guys for three, four years and a lot of people are interested. But, you know, when you don't have a lot of, of, of names in the tournaments, household names, that kind of that the interest goes down. But I tell you, a lot of people aren't going through the brackets to bet. They're just going straight out and, and going to the sports betting books and just picking their bet, you know, like Mattress Mac. You know, he just said, look, give me a each team that's going to come out and win the whole thing. But I think that's a part of it, that a lot of people still do not know a lot of these young kids because when they come out, they're quick, they're one, two years, and they're out of there. You want some guys to stay longer, big names to stay longer so you can grow with them. And I think you'll see the interest kind of creep back up if that happens to be the case. Yeah, you mentioned Houston I, right from the very beginning. I, I guess I saw a lot of them because they played Cincinnati a few times in, in that conference. But they, uh, man, they're, they're pretty good. Memphis. Memphis almost won. Did you see that? I thought they were going to win. It, yeah. One, one three-pointer can make a difference in the last two minutes. It, it's just, and it, you see so, yeah. many, so many bounce around and don't go in. It's like that's when the team that was down needed to do it. If you don't hit it, it doesn't happen. And yeah. then you're going to get it from the guys that are ahead. And, and it's, then they just it's over. Pretty exciting, though. I, I love it. Yeah, that Memphis game was pretty good, Joe. But I tell you, listen, UNC, okay, that UNC Baylor game, they're, that was the peaking. best game of the weekend open. That was exciting. And I was thinking that UNC almost was going to blow it, but they didn't. But I, I thought that was the best game of the weekend. That's going to be a, who they play. They play in uh, UCLA. I think it's UCLA. That's going to be a great game. Yes. That's going to be an unbelievable game. Yes. North Carolina with uh, the other. Well, who do you got, Simpson. Joe? Who, who, who's your pick the rest of the way? Your, your bracket's busted. I got Arizona. I only got two. I got Arizona winning, and, and they barely beat. Okay. T- you know, I had to go to overtime last night, but I, I, I don't have enough to win this pool because I, I, don't, have an, I don't have enough of the uh, possibilities for the Elite Eight or for the finals. I'm, all my guys are, you know, I should never Next go, time with, go with the underdog, man. Stick with St. Peter's. Those should peacocks. Have, yeah. Yeah, nobody picked them. No way. Jabari Young, thank you. You didn't. <laughs> 100 next people year, did. I'll pick them next year. Watch. All right. All right. We'll you see go. you later. Thanks, Jabari. Yeah, I'm sure they get a bump the following year. <laughs> so you, you see the, the beauty of Magic You saw that immediately. You, could, you picked that up immediately. Of Just that it's just a it's real. perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's something that you can't really like manufacture a nickname it, it has <laughs> well you're trying <laughs> no it's it, it's or, this is it's organic it sticks or it doesn't it's organic we'll, we'll have to know I, they've never had nicknames that stick to me i don't know why <laughs> there is one you convey me about. fun there's yeah, one that's you right. told me about that is <laughs> really? not, not for hair yeah <laughs> not for hair exactly. yeah oh good. we'll talk about it i like that. magic magic mike is fine I mean, um, no one could, yeah uh, absolutely it's great and, and what you do in the markets, with the internals and everything. Yeah. What you've been doing oh, for 30 is magic. Wizardry, I know. 
That's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening and for starting off the week with us. Thanks to Mike Santoli and Kelly Evans, too. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Get the latest news, analysis, and travel tips. If you don't have butterbeer at your theme park, I mean, why even go over there? Every weekday morning on CNBC at 6 Eastern. Follow Squawk Pod wherever you download your podcasts. And let us know what you think. Write a review right on Apple Podcasts, or you can tweet us anytime. Our handle is at Squawk CNBC. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. Finding the music you love shouldn't be hard. That's why Pandora makes it easy to explore all your favorites and discover new artists and genres you'll love. Enjoy a personalized listening experience simply by selecting any song or album, and we'll make a station crafted just for you. Best of all, you can listen for free. Download Pandora on the Apple App Store or Google Play and start hearing the soundtrack to your life.